I really wanted to tell you how I came across my next guest. So Canada's Deputy Prime Minister, as we now know, and Finance Minister Chrystia Freeland was instrumental in rallying allied nations last week around imposing sanctions on Russia's central bank. It was the first time a central bank of a G20 country has been sanctioned in that way and really was aimed at prohibiting Russia from tapping into any of its international currency reserves to further finance of those attacks on Ukraine. Here's Chrystia Freeland. This is one of those times and one of those places where freedom confronts tyranny. We are determined that freedom will triumph. And it will. Slava Ukraini. Now that sounds like tough talk, and it certainly impressed one person. So I was scrolling through Twitter when I came across this fascinating thread from a U.S.-based investigative journalist named Heidi Kuda. She spoke of someone that she keeps in touch with, someone she respects a whole lot, former Internal Revenue Service IRS criminal investigator Martin Scheel. She then went on to explain that Scheel had told her, quote, let me take a moment to tell you who, in my opinion, just won this war. That may be a bit premature, but nonetheless, it happened to be Christia Freeland. So I had to find Martin Scheel to ask him what he meant. So joining me now from Illinois is retired IRS criminal investigator Martin Scheel. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Ben. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's an honor and a privilege. Tell me a bit about, I mean, being an IRS criminal investigator, that must have been a fascinating career. What kind of stuff do you do? I think I could guess, but what kind of stuff did yeah. you do? Well, you know, we're the guys... Um, and back in, our, in the day, in our history, we're the guys who put Al Capone away for tax evasion. So uh, in a nutshell, uh, we're the guys that follow the money, uh, always have and always will. Uh, in fact, I, I understand that uh, uh, Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland in the U.S. has just announced uh, the formation of a task force to, uh, it's called the, uh, something, the Klepto something or other task force that is going to uh, pursue uh, all the Russian oligarchs, their property, their assets, their money uh, in this country and also other, other countries. And they, they brought the IRS on to uh, help out because they are the experts in, in following the money. So um, I, I did that for a lot of years. I, I was an investigator in New York, uh, New York city for many years. Then a, got into the uh, management uh, uh, thing, went down to uh, Texas, the great, you always have to say the great state of Texas, and was uh, a branch chief, uh, or ASAC, SAC, uh, in, in Dallas, San Antonio, had offices in Houston, Amarillo, Lubbock, you know, Beaumont, you know, the, the entire state at some point. Right. So, um, and that was important because, you know, we, we did a lot of tax uh uh, investigations, criminal tax, but we also uh, really, you know, started using the money laundering statutes that had been uh, legislated back in the, the mid-1980s. And that was important because so much dope started coming up from uh, Mexico through Texas, uh, disseminated throughout the country, and the money would then go back down south through Texas. So there's a lot of um, money laundering going on. And there was not a whole lot of expertise when it came to uh, investigating it uh, and prosecuting it. So basically, that's um, where I sort of, you know, grew my spurs, broke my teeth, whatever you want to call it. It was in Texas. And uh, I have nothing but uh, 
good things to say about uh, the folks in Texas. But uh, to go back, I mean, one thing you must understand, and I'm sure no one, uh, no criminal, enjoyed having you getting a phone call from you. Um, <laughs> but 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 following the money, it it's it seems like such a cliche, and yet it's always so effective. Yeah, it is because especially with um, money laundering. Um, you start with, you know, always start with the statute itself, which might sound a little boring, but, you know, money laundering, if you had a definition for it, it would be something along the lines of, um, you know, you find a financial transaction, and that's broadly defined, that um, is derived from some specified unlawful activity. So you may start with a, a simple bank deposit or bank withdrawal of just under $10,000 or something like that. It's called a structured transaction. And that may open the door as you follow the money, as you see other bank transactions, other banks, and then you just follow the trail that may well lead you to the specified unlawful activity from which it was derived. So by following the money, you may, in Al Capone's uh, instance, you may find racketeering um, in a Mexican cartel uh, you may find all sorts of narcotics activity. In some instances, like up in New York, found a lot of political corruption. I know you find, might find that hard to believe, but you know, they do have a policy. There are some politicians who are corrupt. I'm speaking with Marty Shield, retired IRS criminal investigator. We're talking about Christia Freeland's move to rally um, allies around placing sanctions on Russia's central bank, which uh, Mr. Shield thought was a brilliant move. And we'll get to that very quickly. One of the things that always comes up is that we always speak of Putin and his entourage as being something like a criminal organization. We throw that term around a lot on in the media. You would know. Is that fair? Oh, I, I, it's more than fair. Uh, he um, he's a thug. He he's um, I, I would consider him. Uh, I consider Russia a mafia state, and and Putin the main mafiosa. Um, they have in uh, Russia uh, what's known as Russian organized crime, and um, you know they have you know various uh, capos uh, that uh, are in charge, and. Everything's the same. It's always extortion, you know, taking over a business. Um, you know, they push out the legitimate folks and, and the illegitimate folks come in and they use, you know, violence, extortion, et cetera, to, to just take over. In fact, Putin was deputy mayor in St. Petersburg. And, you know, St. Petersburg is one of the largest uh, seaports in all of Europe and has a very vast, extensive uh, waterfront. And it's where an awful lot of the oil comes in to, uh, you know, but from other parts of Russia to St. Petersburg. But um, they bring in a lot of um, imports from all around the world, including from South America. So, you know, whoever runs the waterfront, you know, is, is, the, is the main guy, is, is the main mobster. And, and um, you know, Putin was the deputy mayor there. So the main mobster... Um, would report to Putin. And so Putin would get a piece of the action of all the waterfront action, so, and including narcotics. So an awful lot of dope was um, shipped in to that terminal in, in um, you know, 
banana fruit and other types of, uh, you know, alleged, uh, you know, products. And, you know, then there were all these um, casinos right there in St. Petersburg administered by Vladimir Putin. So when you uh, look in terms of how a um, mafia ch chieftain works, you know, he has his crews and, and his, over in Russia, they were called the Siloviki. Um, these are armed gangs that uh, are enforcers or kneecappers or whatever you want to call them. And they would, um, uh, they ran the docks. Uh, the organized uh, gang in St. Petersburg was called the Tam Tambov, Tam Tambovskaya. That was the main group in, in uh, St. Petersburg. But as Putin moved up the ranks and became head of FSB and then, you know, uh, uh, deputy prime minister and then president, he, uh, he got to, he put in jail the biggest uh, uh, mafioso guy, by, guy by the name of Semyon Mogilevich, who ran the Solsonevo uh, gang, which eventually took over from the Tambov gang. And this is important because Mogilevich is, was known as the brainy Don, uh, the smart guy. And most of his activities were involved in, in money laundering. He was a master money launderer. The Russians are the best money launderers in the world, and second isn't close. And Mogilevich even uh, reached out to uh, the States and to Canada and ran uh, very big uh, scams, uh, bust-out scams, and then tried to launder the money from the bust-out stock scams uh, in Toronto through uh, Bank of New York in uh, New York City, and, and then back to Russia uh, via offshore shells. Mogilevich was a master, and um, he had some guys, some lieutenants working for him that eventually hooked up and ended up living in the Trump Tower in New York City and got to know uh, Mr. Donald Trump. So it's a small world, uh, but money laundering is what connects uh, all the unlawful activities um, with uh, all the movers and shakers. And Putin and Mogilevich, Putin put Mogilevich in jail a couple of years after he got in power just to let Mogilevich know who's boss, you know. So, um, and then, then we go from there. The connections are, are well. When we come back, I'm speaking to Martin Scheele, retired IRS criminal investigator. We're talking about um, Christian Freeland's move to sanction Russia's central bank. We've gone back in time a bit to talk about Vladimir Putin, how he ended up in power. Uh, I asked him about whether or not it is indeed a mafia state. When we come back, we will touch on Christian Freeland's move and why uh, Mr. Scheele was so impressed by it. That'll come up after this. I'm back with Martin Scheele, retired IRS criminal investigator. We've been talking about Russia. Um, you had some high praise for uh, for Christia Freeland, and I wonder what you thought was so genius about her rallying um, the allies around sanctioning Russia's central bank. Why was that so effective? Right. Uh, sanctions have been applied um, to Russia and to the various oligarchs, uh, uh, officials, uh, movers and shakers um, in the past, uh, after Russia um, uh, had their incursion of Crimea back in, what, 2014, 15, uh, quite a few of the oligarchs uh, and government officials uh, were sanctioned. But those sanctions weren't all that effective. In fact, uh, these guys are, are very clever at moving uh, their money around offshore and and 
and putting it in different names, family names, uh, shell companies, offshore, et cetera. They're just, they're just masters of money laundering. And the same thing is true of the government. Um, what was different this time was that the central bank of Russia got sanctioned, not just the bank itself, uh, but what's known as the uh, foreign reserves. Uh, the central bank of Russia keeps billions. You know, some say you know sixty or or, uh, or six hundred billion dollars offshore, uh, or in different countries and in financial institutions all around the globe. What uh, Freeland did was say, "Hey, let's cut off the central bank from um, this you know these uh, this mount this money this mountain of money." And, and so that they can't use it uh, as a rainy day fund to prop up the other banks in Russia, which uh, support the businesses and the depositors. So what's going on in Russia because of all these other sanctions is that a lot of businesses are having trouble uh, meeting their payrolls and particularly in repaying loans. And normally when banks have run into some trouble with you know, loan repayments, they get extensions or they get propped up by the Federal Reserve or by the central bank. By cutting off the reserves of the central bank of Russia, uh, th that's no longer possible. So now when businesses can't repay their loans, they're looking at going belly up. They're going to have to go bankrupt. And if enough businesses go belly up, stop paying, repaying their loans, then the banks, uh, you know, rely upon these loan repayments a great deal for them to stay um, uh, in business, stay liquid. If that money is cut off, you know, they, they're not getting loan repayments and the central bank is not propping them up, you know, all these banks are probably going to end up going belly up. I want to ask before you, given your background and all your experience, if you were to compare the central bank sanctions to dealing with a criminal organization, what would you, what would your analogy be? What has just happened to the Russian mafia state? Yeah. Um, you know, going after the money is always the best way, uh, to attack, um, uh, a, whether it's a, a criminal gang, a mafia gang, um, or, you know, these banks are controlled by the, by the FSB, actually, and, and to some degree by organized crime in in, in Russia. So taking their money or um, cutting them off from accessing foreign reserves is really literally the best thing you can do from a law enforcement perspective um, because money is the lifeblood of the mafia gang and it's also the lifeblood of, of Russia. And you take that money away and the control of it is, is severed. Um, you're hurting uh, Vladimir Putin where it hurts the most in his wallet. So you have high praise for Chris. That's Trudeau, I, then. <laughs> I do. She, she is. Uh, she's my hero. She's my hero. She may well have saved Western civilization as we know it. And we can chat another time whether about uh, the propriety of that and how Western civilization is doing. But I think by uh, attacking uh, the foreign reserves of the central bank, severing that from uh, Putin's uh, access, 
is uh, one of the best things I've seen happen so far. If anything can say, you know, be said good about this war and what and what's going on, but I think it was a terrific tactic. I give her all the credit in the world, and um, you know, praise uh, to Miss Freeland. Martin Shield, thank you so much for your time tonight and your insight. What a fascinating career you've had. Uh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure.